Welcome to Living Word, growing a family that experiences every promise of God. You're listening to another life-changing word from Pastor Scott Anderson. For more information, visit our website at livingwordonline.com. So a, uh, a, a smaller man makes his way up in heaven, up to the, the, the gates. St. Peter's there. says, all right, uh, got to make sure that you're in the book. Well, what's your name? He said, well, my, my name is, is Bob Jones. He said, all right, Bob Jones, let me look in here. He looked, he said, well, I can't, you're not in here. The guy's like, well, what does that mean? He's like, well, it doesn't mean good things. He goes, but you know what? God's been feeling really generous right now, and he's kind of switched some things up. He says, you know, if you've done something heroic in your life, I can let you in. Have you done anything heroic? And Bob goes, well, yeah. I did something very, yeah, I did. So St. Peter said, well, what'd you do? He said, well, I came out of a Circle K, and there's a big old biker gang, and they're all uh, harassing this young woman, and uh, I, I screamed out. I don't know where I got it, but I got some confidence in me and some boldness. And I said, you knock it off right now. And they looked at me and they began to laugh. And so I walked on up to the biggest biker guy there and I got right up to his chest. I looked up at him. I said, I told you to knock it off. Boy, they started laughing even harder. He goes, so I pushed my way through him and I went over and I knocked over a Harley Davidson. And I knew it was the big guy's bike. Because he got so mad and upset, I ripped off the little rear, rear, uh, rear window thing, and I began to just beat it and beat it, and I jumped out and I kicked it, right? St. Peter goes, oh my, did, it, so did they stop harassing the girl? He goes, they sure did. St. Peter said, well, when did this happen? He said, well, a couple minutes ago. <laughs> Who's ready for the word today? Come on, somebody out there. Open up your Bibles to 2 Corinthians 11, 14 through 15 as we start a brand new series today. And this series is designed to get the shackles off of your life, to get those limitations, those things that have held you back, those things that hold you in destructive behavior, the things that hold back your relationships, the things that have put a limit and put a ceiling on you in such a, a way that you feel like you're in a cycle and you just keep cycling through the negative and the negative, through the same problems and the same negative circumstances. And you're like, when am I going to have that breakthrough moment? When am I going to be able to break out of those chains and those limitations in your life? And this series is designed to do just that. It's called Devil You Can't Gaslight Me Anymore, right? Because gaslight is that political term. I, it, you know, it started as a, a psychology term that psychologists would use. And now you hear politicians and Hollywood and everybody using the phrase. And what's interesting is most people don't even really fully, they know gaslight is not good, but they're like, I don't know what it is. And so we're going to start off with a definition, throw that definition up there of what gaslighting is for me, Miss Betts. Or you don't have to. We can do either way. All right. Let me read it for my... You know, actually, I can just tell you the paraphrased version. Oh, it's a, I'll never be able to read it way over there. Gaslighting, in a nutshell, is when you deceive someone, lie to someone, you make them question the reality, really question, right, what is going on in their life. And the entire goal of the entire uh, process is to get yourself to the place where you're able to control them with their lies. Right? How many people know that's the devil's only weapon that he has? The devil has no power. Absolutely no power. He's been put underneath our feet. As soon as Jesus Christ died on the cross for us, was raised from the dead, the enemy power became powerless. There's no power over our lives. If he had the ability to make you do something, 
He would. We'd all be on cocaine, right? We'd all, right? We'd all be eating pita jungle all the time. Like if the devil had power, he would use the power. If he had the, if he had the power to kill you, you would be dead because he hates you. He hates everything about you. As soon as you got saved, he wants to try and destroy you, but he has no power. The only power that he has is the ability to gaslight us in a sense of being able to lie to us. That's his power. That's all he has. Right? He can't do anything else other than get you to believe a lie. And if he can get you to believe a lie, then he can hold you back from God's best. Your beliefs, if they line up with God's word, right, then you head towards God's best. The farther you are from God's word and your beliefs is the farther you are from God's best. So the devil is constantly working on it, and he's great at lying. You know, the devil couldn't stop Israel from getting into the promised land, right? Even the, the Red Sea could not see. Even the, the strongest army of the day could not stop God's people from progressing towards the promised land. The only thing the devil could do is he couldn't stop them. But if I can get them to believe a lie, they'll stop themselves. Same thing for you. Can't stop you. Can't stop you from having God's best in your life. But if he can get you to believe some lies, then you begin to stop yourself. You begin to make decisions and destructive decisions and things that hold your life back. And so what does the devil do with the spies? The spies go in and they're the, they're the news media of the day. They come back with the news and they say, inflation's too high. I get it. We got God. But you know what? The problems are too big. And, and these are the, 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 the enemy is too strong. And there's no way that we could ever overcome these things in the same way. And so what happened is Israel believed not God, but they believed what the news was telling them in the day. And it was that lie that kept them out of the promised land. But there was Joshua and Caleb, two people that didn't believe in the lie, two people that said, no, our God is able, and there's nothing that can stop our God from keeping us into God's promises. And those are the ones that went into the promised land. And the question for you today, are you going to believe the devil's lie that you can't, or are you going to believe the word of God that says, I can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens me? Are you going to believe the lie that you're stuck in depression for the rest of your life? Or are you going to believe the truth that says that his joy will flood my soul? That I will have his happiness and his contentment and the joy that floods out, not just in me, but out of me everywhere I go. And the question is, is whose voice are you going to believe? Are you going to believe God's voice or are you going to leave, believe the devil's voice? One limits you and one freezes you. Here's our, throw our scripture up there for me, Miss Betts. Uh, scripture today, 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen through 15. This will be our, uh, our staple scripture in this series. And no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness, whose ends, let me say end, will be according to their works. And what the scripture is telling us is the devil is great at lying. The devil comes in such a manner that it looks like he's on your side. The, 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 his ministers come, and it sounds like you're doing the right thing. It's so close to the truth, yet it takes you so far from God's best. And he has a way of saying things and getting us to go, okay, yeah, I think that's true. Though it does not line up with the Word of God, it has a light to it. And what the whole purpose is is to dupe you, to gaslight you, to get you to make decisions and choices that keep you out of God's best keep you out of God's promises in your life. 
And so in the end, though, it says in the end, you'll know who you believed. In the end, it was brokenness. In the end, it was hurt. In the end, it was pain. In the end, it was an addiction. In the end, it was destruction. In the end, you know, that wasn't God I was listening to. That was the enemy who was keeping me on a course that was destructive in my life. I had a, a little season where about four days, like I, I was, I'm going to use the word, not regular as I should have been. And so, right, you didn't think you'd hear something like this in church today. And so I got, oh my gosh. And so, right, and it's interesting because you ask people, right, and I'm not a coffee drinker, but co you coffee drinkers, you think that you have the answer to every problem. I don't know if you knew that. Ask anybody. I got a toothache. Oh, you just need a little coffee in you, right? Whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Sprain my ankle. Well, you got to rub coffee on. Like coffee is the miracle drug to all you people of whatever's going on. You just got a COVID? Oh, my God. I wish Dr. Fauci would just talk about coffee. You don't need a booster shot. You just need a grande iced latte in you. And that'll keep the, right? Coffee is the answer to you folks. I don't like coffee. This is the way that it is. But then when I tell people, like they go, oh, you have that? You just need to drink some coffee. And I say, I don't like coffee. And then you all say, well, you have to acquire a taste. In which I say, if I ate turd long enough, I would acquire a taste for that also. But why would I do that? It not make any sense. I didn't have to acquire a taste for a chalupa. I just loved it. Didn't have to acquire a taste for a Dr. Pepper. I just loved it. Right? And then they always go, well, you just, just got to drink it my special way, right? And they always, right? Holly's like, I'll make, you I'll make it my special way, right? And it's funny, you coffee drinker, because it's so healthy of a drink. Yet, you ever watch what they put in it? Y'all have seven pumps of classic. You know classic is the cocaine of sugar. You know that, right? Seven pumps? My God, why don't you just order, yeah, I'll have a grande seven pumps and add me three pumps of coffee to that. Like, there's so much sugar in there, right? So Holly makes me little, put a little cream in there, put a little sugar in there, and she has me try it, and it just tastes like a sugared up turd. That's like, it's just horrible. But it's fine. I drank, I drank it. I go, I'll drink it. I'll do whatever I get, right? So I drank it. Nothing the next day. So I'm like, that's fine. Then somebody tells me, well, you got to do Metamucil. So I go get some Metamucil, right? And so, right? And here's the thing about, I don't know about everybody's body, but my body. Here's what Metamucil does to me. Every breath that I take in, 50% of the air Metamucil stores in my belly. So that it can release it at a very inconvenient time later in the day. I begin to swell up like the little Willy Wonka kid, right? Ate the blueberry in my body. And so that didn't work. I'm like, oh, heck no. So then I come and preach a sermon on Sunday, right? I get done, and I'm the type that I get angry. I'm like, body, you do not, you're not in control of me. And so I heard a voice that says, prune juice. I said, there's my answer. I went down to Albertsons. I bought me a big old thing of prune juice, the big old thing. I sat in my garage, and I drank all of it because that's what I do. No, 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 body, body, you're not in control of me. You don't want to go? Guess what? We're going to go today. That's what we're doing. So I downed it all. And then I went in the house, and right when I got in, the kid goes, Dad, let's go jump on the trampoline. I said, sounds good. Here's the thing that you all need to know, because there is, I checked. There is no warning label on prune juice that tells you not to jump on a trampoline after you drink it. You won't find it online. There's no warning, but there needs to be a warning. So I get out on the trampoline, and I jump. First time, everything's fine. Second jump, everything is fine. It was on the third jump. That my body uttered a noise unheard by any earthly ears ever. The kids looked at me. It was a groan. It was a brokenness of my spirit and my soul. It was such a noise. The kids are like, oh my, what's going on, right? And then I hit the trampoline again for the fourth time. 
And at this moment, my body released air in a manner it's never done before. It started out as a, just the most high-pitched whistle. Like you couldn't hear it except for dogs were howling. So, whoo! And then it turned into a foghorn. And then there was, you, you ever hear uh, the song, There's a River of Life Flowing Out of Me? You ever hear that one? In the end, how many people know in the end we knew prune juice wasn't the answer? In the end, when we had to burn the trampoline, we knew that prune juice was not the answer. In the end, the voice that we listen to, and I wonder how many Christians make prune juice decisions. They hear a voice, and they decide to go with it because it sounds right. It seems right, but it takes you to a place that isn't God's best in your life. And we've got to be a people who learn and realize that, devil, you have no place on the inside of me. I ain't going to listen to your voice no more. I'm not going to prune juice my life. Can I get an amen anywhere out there? I ain't going to prune juice my life up. But instead, as we'll see here, I'm, and I'm going to stay in this chapter a couple weeks here. Uh, we're going to go to John 8, 31 uh, through 44. This is Jesus talking to the Jews who had believed him. So I want you to see first here that this isn't the, like the sinners of the day in a sense. This isn't the, 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 the bad folks of the day, right? These are the people that actually believe in him. In today's day, it would be the people, it would be the church people, like we're in the church. Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. Next scripture. Jesus replied, very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. Next. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. There are people even here today listening, maybe online underneath the sound of my voice, who making bad decisions has made you a slave. You've been held back by the lies. And the Bible is telling you, Jesus is saying to you, that I can set you free. I will make you free indeed. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. You ever talk to somebody who's destroying their life? And it's as if you cannot speak life into their life. They can't hear it. They're not willing to open up. They're not willing to see that their life is headed towards a dead end. He says, this is the people I'm talking to, but you, you won't hear. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of all lies. The devil is greater what the devil does. The devil is simply a liar. That's the only power he has. But here's the thing that we have to realize and see. That inside of the book of God, inside of the word of God, is the answers for life. This tells you how to be happy. This tells you how to have a great marriage. This tells you how to raise up great kids. This tells you how to have the joy of the Lord. This tells you how to have successful. Inside of here is the truth. And the truth will set you free. How many people know that the, if the truth sets you free, that means that a lie will hold you in bondage. That a lie will hold you back. If the truth is freedom, then that means that a lie is a trap. The lie of the enemy. And the problem that we have, I think the Christians have, is that we're ignorant to the devil's devices. Paul talks about that. That we're ignorant to the devil. Because we think, oh, I'll see the devil coming. He's a liar. I'll see his lies. We don't realize he's been doing this for thousands of years. He's great at what he does. He doesn't show up and say, hey, today we should get some cocaine. 
right? Get a pita jungle and make some bad decisions today. That's not what the devil says. Right, go have an affair today. That's, the devil doesn't show up and say, we should have an affair today. You go, no, no, devil, I see you. I'm not going to do that. You can't trick me. But he might say to maybe a married person, what's the big deal with you having a conversation with the person of the opposite sex, in the, in the, having lunch every day with them? What's the big deal? Like your husband's un emotionally unavailable anyway, so at least you have someone that you can have it out. You see that the devil begins to put us on a path with some lies on the inside that gets us on a path that's going to be destructive to our life. He doesn't just show you his hand right away, but instead, he's sneaky. And his voice that he says, it's not an audible voice, as we all know. It's a voice. It sounds so much like God's voice, right? For me, right? I, I don't hear an audible God. I don't hear an audible. I hear a voice inside of me. And that voice, the devil is an angel disguised as light, can come and sound like God. Can sound like he's speaking on your behalf, that he's got your back. You hear a voice that sounds like it's on your side. It says, what, what do you mean? Right? You forgive them? How could you forgive them after what they did? No, I, that's not right. Did you see what she just said? I can't believe she said that. Who would do that? No one even knows what's wrong with her. They don't know all the garbage in her thing, right? We should tell Sally what's going on right over here with, with this person over here. And the enemy begins to speak as if the enemy is working. They left you out. Can you believe they left you out? What kind of people do that? Right? And we don't realize that the devil has no control over our emotions except for a lie that we buy into that begins to take us down an emotional path that is destructive in our lives. So as we begin to believe the lies of the enemy, well, you know, your, your spouse doesn't do this and do, do that, and these are the things that they don't do, right? And you're like, yeah, they don't do this, and they don't do that. And my husband, man, he don't do anything, right? And the, husband, and the husband's like, my wife doesn't do these things for me. And you begin to buy into these lies, and the whole purpose of the lie right, is to destroy your relationship. It is to destroy your future. It is, well, my parents don't do anything. They don't care. And they're always just trying to, all these rules and everything they're doing. And the enemy is trying to lie to you about the very people that put a roof over your head, go to work every day to provide for you. They give you everything, including your stupid Nike shoes on your feet, yet you can't see the good that they're doing because the enemy is getting you to buy into the lies. And the lies have an attitude about it now walking around the house. And it's interesting how the lie will convince you to do things that get you to see what you kept seeing to keep you in the lie of the cycle of the lie. Parents are all about the rules. They hate me. So then you're doing things that break the rules and then the parents put more rules on you. See, see? see what the parents are? They're just against you. They're just trying to hold you back from fun. Right? They're, they're just so mean trying to get you to get A's in school. What horrible people they are. And you begin to buy into the lies of the devil. The devil doesn't have a voice that's audible. Unless he's, you listen to the news. I guess that's audible devil, right? Come on, somebody out there. That's the only time that you get to hear the, the devil's voice out loud. But it's like he's on your side, that he's speaking. And he does it in a way, oftentimes, most of the time, questions. I mean, what you see in the Bible, he does it with Eve. Did God really tell you you can't eat of that tree? Did God, re God really doesn't want you? Because, you know, I, I think God doesn't really want you to be wise like God is, right? And you see that he begins to lead Eve down, right, with a question and a voice, as he does for you and I. Oftentimes he has, well, why would they do that? What's going on with them? Well, why, why, you know, why is your day going to be right this way or that? Why did the boss do this? 
And really, you're supposed to work super hard for a boss that doesn't give you a, a raise? Are you supposed, does that really make any sense? No, I think that you just work and just give them bare minimum. And you see that the voice is speaking to you on your behalf, as it did with Eve, just trying to help Eve out. But in the end, we knew it was the devil. And we see that the devil tried the same thing with Jesus. Right, same thing. Didn't, didn't change anything in thousands of years with Jesus. Right, right away trying to get Jesus on the wrong path. Well, why can't you just change the, the, that rock into some bread? That'd be kind of cool, right? Why don't, you do, why don't you just cast yourself down? Right, the devil even uses scripture. Why don't you cast yourself down? And the Bible says that the angels will protect you. Right? If, you if you give everything up and just worship me, I'll give you all of these things. I'll give you the desires of your heart. I'll make your life great. I'll make your life amazing. All the same tricks that he uses on the inside of us. But then we see Jesus gives us the answer. He tells us exactly how to, he shows us how to do it. He says, devil, the word says, the Bible says, the Bible says. He continues said the word of God. Come on. We fight the lies of the enemy with the truth. It is the truth that sets us free. But it's a lie that holds us into bondage. And I need you to understand the more of the lies you believe, the greater distance you'll have between God's best and your life. The more of the things, because here's the thing, Hollywood has all of their little answers, right? The, the media, it's crazy that the devil has a playground like he's never had before in the history of man. You go back a hundred years, you didn't know what was going on. You didn't have Hollywood speaking in every TV show and every movie that is out there. A, an agenda that's trying to take us away from God's best. And I'm not saying don't go see movies and TV shows. I'm just saying being aware of the devil's device. That when you watch, you're able to go, oh, I see what you're trying to do, devil. I see what you're trying to get into my kids' heads. I see the difference that you're trying. I see what you're trying to do. If you go back to, you know, in the last hundred years, that suicide is up like 600 percent that that it's the highest amount of depression that the world has ever known that the divorce rate is higher it's like 10 times higher than it was a hundred years ago why is that because the devil has a megaphone he has a device now to begin to speak the lies and Christians because it sounds right it's all sugared up with some cream and sugar and some plastic in it it sounds so right that we begin to believe the lies of the enemy not realizing that the lies are meant to hold you from God's best. And the truth is meant to set you free. And then if we begin to battle the lies and go, but the Bible says. But the word says. I'm sorry, devil. But the word says. We hear it even from right, Christians get on there. Right, well, you don't need to go to church. Do you know there's only one voice that would possibly want to keep you out of church? You know that God's not heaven going, you know what, keep them out of church. I'd love them. I hate when they gather together and they praise and they worship. Right, And they get the word and they gather together and they begin to pray over one another and get healings. I hate when that happens. How many people know that God would never say that? There's only one voice that knows that when your family's in church and that when you're in church, that everything in life gets better. And I know I'm talking to everybody that's in church. Come on, somebody out there. But those that are watching today, I'm telling you, the devil's greatest goal is to keep your teenagers out of church where they can make friends that become anchors of hope in their life, to get them out of the habit, right? You find that every statistic known to man, that, that divorce rate is, is like, like in, in the world, it's above 50%, but those that go to church every week, 
99% of those marriages are successful. You see that teenagers that go to church are, Harvard just did a study. Did you know that Harvard did a study, found out that kids that go to church on a regular basis are happier. It's crazy when the world begins to confirm what we already know about that. But the devil knows, don't get them in church. Don't get them hope every week. So the devil speaks to you and goes, you know what, what's the big deal? You just have church at home. What's the big deal? Yeah, you're doing great with the family. Just have family day on that day. See, once again, the voice of the enemy sounds like it's doing you a favor. Sounds like it's right. But in the end, it has pulled you away from God's best in your life. We've got to be a church people who are aware of the devil's lies and the devil's things. We get it now 360 degrees. We get lies from every area. But we have to be a church and a people who say, no, no, no. His word says. His word says. His word says. We battle the lies of the enemy. With the word of God. It's easy. Like we believe. It's so funny how we could. Everybody, most everybody in this room and watching now, there's a point in time that you believe that there was a little tooth person that came and, and took a tooth out from underneath your pillow and left money under there. Everybody remember? Like we, we believe, right? And in my family, and all my kids, we have the tooth fairy and all the kids, right? And it started out, I think Lakin was like, he was my oldest. I'd give him a quarter for every tooth, right? And then it worked up to, to Peyton. He was getting $5 a tooth, right? And then Savvy's getting 20. And so I'm like, early, I'm like, no, no, we got to tell this lie is going on no more. It's too expensive. And I told her young, like three. I'm like, no, there ain't no tooth fairy, baby. Sorry. 20 bucks. My question to you, when does it come to a point for us when the lies have cost us too much? When the lies have cost us too many relationships? The lies have cost us our peace and the lies have cost us our joy. You had a, you failed at something, and the lie came that said you are a failure. But no, no, no. His word says that I am an overcomer. You begin to feel sad because you have negative thoughts, right? And you can, you're like, well, I can't control my thoughts. But the Bible says, the word says, that think only on the good, the pure, and the holy. And you think that depression is for life, but the word says his joy will flood my soul, right? It says that I am not that smart is a lie that I've heard. But guess what? Just because my 11th grade teacher said that, God's word says I've been given the mind of Christ, that I am a genius, that it says, I hear a voice that says, you can't do that. You can't have that. But guess what? His word says I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. It is his word that gives life. It is his word that sets me free. It is his word that tells me that I can go and have and do and have a great life. We got to be a church. That it's God's word that navigates our life. Cannot be the lies of the enemy. Can't be the lies of Hollywood. Can't be the lies of the government. Can't be the lies of down at the job. But instead, we're people. Yeah, we're in the world. I get that. We're going to hear the lies. But we're always able to go, no, 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 devil. I know what you're doing. I know what you're trying to do. You don't get me to buy into a lie. Instead, I live a life that is free. That is not shackled up. Because God's word continues to keep me free and free indeed. I will not live a life of doing destructive things, having destructive behaviors, right? Once an addict, always a addict. No, no, no. His truth sets you free. You're not bound to that for the rest of your life. Just because, you, yeah, I got into some sort of addiction. How many people know that God's word can set you free forever? That's what the word says. May not be what society says, but it is what God's word says. If you are blessed today, I encourage you online 
be a blessing. And those here today, on your way out, whatever, there's four different ways that you can give that allows us to get this word out there. It is the devil that doesn't want people to be givers, but because he knows that the word says, those that give shall get back, pressed down, shaken together, 100 times, right in a better life. That's what the Bible says. And so I encourage you, just listen. There's a voice that's telling you, that's God's voice. How many people, the devil would never tell you to give? And God would never tell you not to give something. He's always going to tell you, even the widow that gave just a mite, it was small. But God says, it was more than anybody else. And so God's going to minister to you, tell you what to give. I encourage you to just be faithful to that. Bow your heads, close your eyes. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to give you that opportunity right now. It's simple, it's easy. All you have to do is believe. That's what the Bible says. You know, it's funny how the devil can even make salvation hard, even for Christians. Like, it, it's funny that the devil's lies get in there, and somehow people begin to say, well, you got, you got to be good enough. But the Bible doesn't say you got to be good enough. The Bible says, whosoever believes. His word says, if you believe in Jesus, you're going to heaven. That's it. If you believe that Jesus raised from the dead, right, died for your sins, raised from the dead, your sins are forgiven, the Bible says you're good. And so we're going to say a prayer out loud. Say it with me and believe it, and you have it. Everybody say this out loud, please, so nobody's embarrassed. Heavenly Father, I ask you right now, come into my life, be my Lord and my Savior. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for all my sins and was raised from the dead. In Jesus' name, amen. Introduced to you, Living Word Virtual Church Community. Each week, we come together during the live stream, chatting with each other through live comment sections. Then, during the week, our virtual church community reconnects in online share groups to discuss the weekend service and study the Word. To sign up, visit the Living Word Virtual Church Community page on our website. We'll see you there.